Valentine's Day has come and gone, but romantic comedies, well, it seems like those are always in season. Hey everyone, Adam Holtz here, your host of The Plugged In Show, focus on the family's weekly conversation about all things entertainment and technology. Thanks for joining us today. As you might have guessed, today we're going to talk about romantic comedies. Yes. Cool. The good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between. And we'd love for you to join the conversation as well. So be sure to let us know what you think by emailing us at team at thepluggedinshow.com. We want to know what you think of the movies that we talk about, the ideas that we talk about, and again, everything in between. So please share with us what you're thinking, and we look forward to hearing from you. Joining me today for our conversation are... Kristen Smith. Paul A.C. Jonathan McKee. Emily Clark. All right. We are going to have a great conversation today, and we're going to dive into romantic comedies, and, and we're going to talk about it from a philosophical point of view. We're going to talk about them from a theological point of view. We're going to talk about it from a practical point of view. But first, I want to get personal and talk about romantic comedies from a personal point of view. So, with no further ado for our icebreaker today... What is your favorite romantic comedy and why? And no, Paul, Attack of the Clones is not a romantic comedy. (laughs) (laughs) At least not intentionally. He probably wants to start. So what do you think, Paul? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Throw me under the bus. Go ahead, Paul. All right. It's nice and cool under there. So (laughs) I'm going to go way, 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 way back. 1938, (laughs) a little movie called Bringing Up Baby. Oh, yeah. Cary Grant. That's before Catherine Star Hepburn. Wars, right? It was before Star Wars, okay. so you would not have seen it. Jonathan probably doesn't like it because he has no taste. But it's really a fantastic movie. Really a fantastic movie. It was one of the very first screwball comedies, actually. It might have been the first. And the the interplay between Catherine Hepburn and Cary Grant is just perfect. Have you seen it, or did you just read like no, a little no, insert I've before you came it. here? I really like this okay. movie. I can I even sing the song sure. from it. Do please you want to hear the don't. song? Please don't. Yeah, no, actually, Paul was three years old when that film came out. And, uh, <laughs> excellent, so was, excellent. Yeah. So it was really good to hear see it and I really do appreciate that boy he's going back episodes and he is never going to forgive me for not liking Terrence Malick I mean you know. I love Cary Grant North by Northwest that's fine but no when it comes to rom-coms not a romantic comedy yeah so exactly. go ahead and come on back when it comes to rom-coms it man it that's a that's a tough one I mean because for some of them, for me, it's, it, it would be like, you know, I mean, if it was best dialogue, hands down, When Harry Met Sally. If it was yes. if it was most quotable, it'd be Big Fat Greek Wedding. Yeah. Or it was my, Princess Bride. Yeah, oh, oh, Princess Bride. Th- there's definitely a lot in there. Ooh. You know, if it was my wife's favorite while you were sleeping or maybe even Notting Hill. But for me... I'm going to throw in there Say Anything because ah. I, I, I really do love me some Cameron Crowe. And I'm I know holding I, a digital boombox above everybody's uh, heads right now. Yeah, I you mean, you know, know and I'm sure I wasn't allowed to say Jerry Maguire, so I'm going to go with Say Anything. And so <laughs> it is just... I you mean, had me at Say Anything. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a good one. It's one of those ones where, you know, probably put the kids to bed and you guys watch it. But it's it's a fun film, great dialogue. And so that's the one for me. All right. I think my favorite, I mean, hands down, is You've Got Mail. There's just no, I don't think there's anything better. I, it is my favorite thing to watch in the fall. 
I don't know. I mean, you know, like the leaves are falling and they talk about getting pencils ready for school. And I it's watch like this Jaws whole... in the fall. Oh, but whatever. Okay. Oh, amen, Adam. <laughs> well, I like watching You've Got Mail. And I really also, and I've talked about these before, so I feel like I could add to this list because it's really long. But I also love <laughs> PSI Love You. Which is oh, a little more one. depressing. Yeah. And I love bring the uh, It'll make you cry. Yeah. Ten things I hate about you. I mean, there's just such oh. a long list of, of great ones. True. True. Yeah. So I'm gonna spiral on back to where uh what Jonathan said first, which was when Harry met Sally. I yeah. saw that for the first time when I was in college and I loved it so much. I still love it. I that's one of those I mean, first of all, you can't go wrong with a good Meg Ryan rom com. Right. It's true. If we're being honest. Yep. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, the dialogue from that, Billy Crystal, who is also in The Princess Bride, which is another favorite movie of mine. Um, so yeah. All right. Well, I had a hard time picking, and, and this will be something that we'll illustrate in our conversation, because everything I could think of, I went back and looked at Plugged In's review, and I'm like, oh, I yeah. forgot about that. Oh, I mean, Paul had to go back to 1933. 1938. <laughs> 38, okay. Oh I had God. it confused with King Kong, which is a different kind of romantic comedy. Uh, but I think I settled on The Wedding Singer. So, oh. you know, yeah. Adam Sandler, Drew Barrymore, yeah. and the 80s, plus Billy Idol in a cameo. I mean, uh, what's not to love, right? right. No, great film. You know, when it comes to certain film genres, there are some that never seem to run out of steam. You know, there's always horror movies. There's always superhero movies. At least lately. Romantic comedies. Man, every time there's a holiday, it seems like we have to have three or four or five or, in the case of Hallmark Channel, 103, you know, (laughs) holiday-themed romantic movies. So uh, some of you (coughs) guys may be thinking, why are we spending time talking about this formulaic genre? I mean, they're all the same, right? I know. Don't be a hater. Actually, that's not really true. So I want to talk about romantic comedies. So for starters, for the uninitiated, what would you say are the basic elements that constitute a romantic comedy? And Paul, I don't want you to say romance and comedy, even though I set Mm. you up for that. Curses. Well, it has has to start Meg Ryan. It has to start Meg Ryan. Okay. (laughs) That's a start. That's a start. I Uh, mean, it's it's a formula. It's kind of like a formula like Hallmark, if we're being honest. It's girl meets guy. Maybe they have significant others. They've got to dislike each other first. Sometimes. They have to dislike each other first. And own a bookstore. Yeah. And then they realize (laughs) that that they were meant for each other somewhere along the line. There has to be, um, if they do, you know, not like each other, there has to be a moment where there's just this epic monologue or great one-liner where they make up, you know, whether it be Billy Crystal's New Year's Eve speech or Julia Roberts, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm... I'm just a girl standing in front of a boy asking him to love her. You know, there's got to be something like that to make them help them make up. Well, I think one of the things that's there is they have chemistry from the get go, yeah. but it may be this sort of combative chemistry. I mean, I think about Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan, you know, they just sort of go at each other until they figure out, you know, oh, wait, we're actually totally in love with each other, but we didn't see it until this very moment. So there's, there's that electrical spark almost from the get-go, right? No, I totally agree. I think that that, that is what 
is sort of the traditional rom-com and it, this has been a long long standing genre really i mean when you when you look at at the original rom-com i think it's actually much do about nothing you know william shakespeare because you have sort of that oh. same tension you have that same mm. interplay and uh, it it really sort of plays into a lot of what we see down in, into the modern age i mean you you got all the the ingredients right there you well, had and that's a great that. segue to my next question what would you say is the appeal of these stories? I mean, Paul, you're making the argument it goes all the way back to Shakespeare. It doesn't right. go back just to 1938. It goes back a lot farther than that. So why are we drawn to these stories, Emily? Okay, so I think that Emma Stone's character in Easy A said it oh, best. so good. Where she basically says, why does love only exist in 80s movies? She's like, I want John Cusack holding the boombox outside my window. I want to ride off on a lawnmower with Patrick Dempsey. I want Jake from 16 Candles waiting outside the church for me. Like, uh-huh. it's stuff like that. Um, where it, it, you just, you want to feel that love that all those all, that these characters in these movies feel all right I don't, it, it just doesn't seem that hard to me like unless you're like the <laughs> grinch who stole christmas like if you have a soul paul is right here yeah i mean yeah that's why you know i didn't look that way but like if you want to if you love being in love like who doesn't want to feel loved and who doesn't want to do the fun flirty thing in the game and then you meet somebody and then you fall in love and then you create a life together like you know I, All right. I, I think you're totally right. And I think what happens is I think there's a lot of people kind of looking for that perfect love. And, and sadly, yeah. I think sometimes when we hear those lines, um, like I think it was Emily that said that, you know, I'm just a girl standing in front of a boy. You know, I mean, it, it, it was or was that you, Kristen? I can't remember. One of you said it so articulately. <laughs> but it was Emily. It, it was Emily. You know, th- that's sometimes when we hear that, we're like, oh. If I heard that, I mean, at least so my girlfriends have told me, I, I, I don't know. I, I definitely don't know. <laughs> think, I don't think that well, way. And I do think it gets into that, that human longing for yeah. love. To, to love somebody and to be loved. And I think, it, I think that you can actually even, even make sort of a, a spiritual connection with this, too. I think that, that, that we all have this desire to be appreciated for who we are. To be seen. In. And I yeah. think that, that that's a lot of times that that's one of the great elements of, of rom-coms sometimes is that you see these people who are putting on airs, who are who have this, this facade that they're presenting to the world to try to get the guy or the girl that they really want mm-hmm. when the person who they end up falling in love with loves them for just the way they yeah, are. Yeah, well, and, that's and good. I hadn't really thought about the spiritual component, but I mean, I think... If we want to go back to the Jerry Maguire quote, you complete me. Honestly, we're looking to be filled. I mean, I think that we're aware of our brokenness. We're aware of how damaged we are. And we want, you know, somewhere that and someone that we can call home where we don't have to work hard. But, you know, it's somebody who loves us and accepts us unconditionally. And I think uh, obviously we know as Christians that ultimately we only find that in Christ. But I think in, in a good marriage and a good relationship, we get many, many glimpses of the reality of that. And, and that longing really is hardwired into us. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that these guys sometimes give me a hard time for not liking rom-coms. And I think that there's some truth to that, but really when I was looking at the, at the, the amount of rom-coms that I've seen over my lifetime, I think what I have a problem with is bad rom-coms, you know, the, the ones uh. that have a lot of formula, but yeah. they can really get to a, a deep yearning that we have for human connection. And I think that, that anytime that is acknowledged and shown in the right way, it can be a really healthy and 
an enjoyable thing to watch. Yeah. Well, and Paul, you're you're giving me another segue to my next question, which is there's this stereotype that suggests that this genre is mostly for women, right? I mean, I think that we think of of rom-coms kind of as a thing that your girlfriend wants to do on Valentine's Day and you have to, you know, drag along Biff to the theater against his will. Um, do you think that that stereotype is true and is it fair? Well, I'm just going to tell the story. <laughs> Sorry to my husband. Um, I, <laughs> you know, is there's he going something, under the bus with Paul? He is, yeah. <laughs> there's something about romantic comedies or something that's not blowing up that makes you a little more sensitive and soft that I think sometimes guys might not connect to automatically. You mean blowing up like explosions? Exactly. You're yeah, not yeah, talking yeah. No, emotional not actual offers. humans or you know things like that. Yeah. No. So we actually sat down and it was my turn to pick a movie. So I was like, I'm going to pick P.S. I Love You, and oh, I did. Goodness. And I really wanted to do it because I was like, it'll be like so much nicer and sweeter so after so we watched the whole movie and I look over and he's like crying because it's so sad. And then of course so he wasn't crying because he had to watch. No, it. no, no. <laughs> the night, the night went exactly as I predicted. So manipulation maybe, but it worked out well. So, so I don't think so. Let's, let's run with that. What are the kind of redemptive themes and positive themes that show up in these movies that connect with our heart. And we've talked about that longing for love, but what are some of the other themes that that you think resonate with people? I feel like we often see guys in these movies go from like these cynical or maybe like overly macho player types to sweet, open-hearted guys mm. that like mm. yeah, they really good. care and it, so like I think it's unfair to say that guys don't like rom-coms because often the guys that are being portrayed in these rom-coms are the ones who have the greatest character arc. Okay. Yeah. That is a really interesting observation. Yeah, that's really good. And I like what Paul said, too, about how <clears throat> you feel seen. You know, everyone throughout the movie, um, someone's finding value in the other person, even if they didn't realize it right away. Well, and, and I'm going to throw a strange twist in this. I think sometimes when we see something in a rom-com we're seeing something that we might think, man, I wish I was more like that. And, yeah. uh, you know, we brought in a spiritual element. So let me throw in something that I think you guys will never have seen coming. But take like the <laughs> Christian movie recently, Overcomer. OK, it's one of the okay. Alex Kendrick films uh, in that not a film. Rom-com. Yeah, yeah, not a rom-com at all. Um, but <laughs> in that film, there's several scenes where in the marriage of the coach and his wife, there's a couple moments like where they pray together and the kids like look out the window and see them praying and they're like, look at that. And I, I got to admit, man, I was sitting there crying and I was also going, man, I wish I would have been like that with my kids. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we have moments where we in our marriage, you know, yeah. as a family or whatever, where we look at something on the screen and we go, man, that's cool. And, and, and that's the cool thing about, you know, film is sometimes we look at stuff and, and uh, let's be honest, sometimes we emulate this and there's obviously good and bad to that, but that's right. one of the good things here. That's so good, Jonathan. Yeah, no, I think that films really give us uh, an idealization of what can be. And I think a lot of times we go to movies because real life is hard and yeah. it's not idealized and it's messy. And so I think we want an escape, but we want an escape in which we're seeing, you know, well, this is kind of the way things are supposed to be. Mm -hmm. You know, the guy who's a jerk 
is supposed to become softened and have that character arc that Emily talked about and, you know, become somebody who can love somebody. Paul, what's so funny about that? You're laughing no, I'm at just me. Thinking, I mean, that's the thing about Do you need to watch right? a rom-com? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's always. That is what rom-coms are about. You know, the, the jerk becomes this really sensitive guy. In real life, that's one of the problems with rom-coms is that sometimes the jerk is just a jerk. A jerk. Yeah, you know? yeah. Oh. It, it really is one of those things where I think the, the the thing about rom-coms is they sometimes tell you that people, you can change other people. Yeah. And that is really, two hours. really difficult. Exactly. Yeah, two hours or less. <laughs> and so because of that, I think that sometimes it sets us up for these these expectations that, that we can save the people who we really want to be with. We can change them. We can We can make them into who they should be. And that's a really hard thing to do. Yeah. Well, and that, that leads me to a study that came out a number of years ago, actually. But I think that the observations that the study made are still really accurate here. And, and this was a study done in England that suggests that romantic comedy, sort of on the dark side, can make us unrealistic about relationships. Mm-hmm. And one of the people working on the study said... The problem is that while most of us know that the idea of a perfect relationship is unrealistic, some of us are still more influenced by media portrayals than we realize. And so the point of the study was to say romantic comedies can actually make us dissatisfied with our real relationships because of the idealized nature of the relationship they present. So what do you guys think of that? Yeah, there's nothing. I mean, that can definitely happen. Like, for example, it's definitely happened to me before. Like, I don't know. (laughs) Seriously, like if my husband and I like have a disagreement or we get into a fight and I like watch romantic comedy and I finish the movie and I'm like, man. If only, you know, like... If only you were more yeah, like that yes. guy. Do yeah. not make me feel like I'm the only person that's ever thought that, okay? Because it definitely happens. And so, of course, then you're left with, okay, but what's the reality of this? And this actually takes hard work. And for some reason, we never see what happens after they fall in love. You know, after the good part ends, it ends. And then none of the difficulty really exists. Well, and that's a great point, Kristen, because if you think about it, you know, you know, the generation has grown up so tied to entertainment media that they've got it in their pocket and they're watching, you know, they're streaming it on Netflix. They're watching it on Prime all the time, you know, and what do they have access to? You know, uh, 18 seasons of Grey's Anatomy, you know, and so the thing is, <laughs> there's this, a primer for healthy you know, relationships. So, and that's the thing that's so hard. And, and, and if you think about this, I mean, you talk to college age young people and you even just say the name McDreamy or McSteamy, they will start laughing and they know exactly who you're talking about because, you know, Grey's was such a staple entertainment thing that they streamed and it does sadly influence culture a little bit where they kind of think, hey, maybe maybe if I'm sexually active like this, maybe this is the way to find relationships and even though I would even argue that that show shows some consequences of the behavior. I don't know if everybody's always grabbing that. I think it just influences this culture that this is the way I'm supposed to be. Yeah. You know, let me be totally transparent here. I really dread seeing rom-coms with my wife because <laughs> because I feel like I'm going to be held up to this, this standard. weird standard. That's yeah. fair. And, and, you know, it's interesting because we talked a little bit about earlier about how these people – they realize that they are meant for each other because of who they really are. Yeah. Ironically, these, these same rom-coms 
set you up for a false impression in in some ways where where I feel like I am falling short as a husband because I'm not doing all the things necessarily well, to, that you see in the rom-coms. Right. Yeah, I mean love and that, that's the whole premise of this is that love is a choice and it's represented by action. And so I think when we watch this we feel a lot yeah, of things. There's a lot of There's feeling. a lot of feelings and those are all great except that when the feelings fade then what do you do? And then you're left with the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow, that I wasn't going to be that depressing. That was really no. Oh, that was a little harsh, wasn't it? <laughs> At the end of the day, I think it's important to realize that your significant other, male or female, is not a artfully crafted character right. created in Hollywood. Yeah. So it's like, even if they can sit there and fulfill some of the things, yeah. they're not going to fulfill all of them. And they're not they, meant to. Exactly. No one's meant to fulfill everything. That's Yeah. You know, and, and I think on top of this potential concern, like I think that we can have an, an idealization that inspires us and we can have an idealization that actually works against us. I think one of the other content concerns with rom-coms is just the sexual content, like love and sex in our culture. Uh, there's often not much of a, a sharp division between them. Uh, they kind of go hand in hand. And as I was looking at the list of, of rom-coms that I have enjoyed, you know, I looked at about a boy. Oh, they, you know, have sex immediately. I looked at 500 days of summer. That's a, a feel good movie. I looked at the big sick. I just, everything yeah. that I kept looking at, came with this sexual component. So I think along with the idealized romantic worldview, we also have to deal with the reality that that what it's depicting sexually is often a message that's at odds with what we believe as, as Christians. You know, one cool thing is that some of the films that are a little better done or, or some of the well-written films, like When Harry Met Sally, actually discuss some of that stuff. Yeah. And yeah. so even though it's from a secular perspective that's the type of film that when you're done you can discuss and say man you know was harry right that you know uh you know that this changes everything you know i mean and, right. and you can actually dialogue about it a little bit and uh be able to kind of open up those meaningful conversations yeah and i think that's you know one of the places that hopefully plugged in can be a resource for you is that you can do your research ahead of time and not be sitting in the middle of a, a movie with your significant other, whether it's somebody you're dating or engaged to or married to, and all of a sudden have this awkward moment with a really steamy scene. But, you know, you can pick a movie that gives you an opportunity to have a discussion. And I actually think it, even though it's uncomfortable to have a discussion with your spouse after a romantic comedy, you know, how can this inspire us? How does this reveal places mm. where we're... You know, we could use a little help in this area. And I think for those of us who've been married a long time or a longer time, sometimes the romance can kind of leak out. And so I think that these maybe could be an opportunity to say, how can we move back towards really expressing our love in an intentional way towards each other? Hmm. Well, thanks for tuning in today for our conversation about romantic comedies. We have touched on a whole bunch of movies, a whole bunch of scenes, lines of dialogue. And I hope that what we've talked about has given you something to think about in terms of the place of these things, these movies in our lives. So we want to hear from you. If you have thoughts or feedback about anything we've talked about, the movies we've talked about, let us know. And again, you can hit us up with an email at team that's t-e-a-m at the plugged in show.com and on the episode page for today's show you'll also find links to the things that we've talked about today so if you haven't subscribed to our podcast yet 
go do that right now. I mean, don't stop and watch a romantic comedy thinking, oh, I'll subscribe to the Plugged In Show later. Do it right now. And tell your friends about us, too. And we look forward to spending some more time with you on the next edition of the Plugged In Show. 